0: Lock
1: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show.
2: And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre. You are you. We have an absolutely jam-packed show here today at the bottom of the hour. New York Times bestselling author Eric Metaxas, also a talk show host. I was on his show last week. In fact, he will join us at the bottom of the hour. He has a new book out, Letter to the American Church. And if it's anything like a presentation, I saw him give it a church about a month ago. Wow. Uh, This is powerful, prophetic stuff. We will talk to Eric Metaxas here at the bottom of this hour. Next hour, fake news or not. And then Pop Culture Tuesday. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I'm, I'm looking forward to everything we're going to do today, but there's a trending show. It's been one of the top shows on Netflix here this month. It's called Devil in Ohio. And you guys know that I'm always interested in what I think you can tell a lot about a culture by what scares it. I'm always interested when horror goes into the spiritual realm as this show does. One of our uh, our colleagues here at uh, The Blaze saw on my rundown that I was going to go in and, and uh, discuss this show today. And uh, they were like, hey, I'm thinking about watching it. Can you give me like the cliff notes of what you're going to say? And the more accurate title of this show would really be when Beelzebub attempts to cast out Beelzebub. I mean... This show, there's a part of me that wonders. You know, we got the question yesterday on the Ask Me Anything: is the guy with the enormous mammaries, teacher, that right. it, was he a plant? You know, an Alex Stein level plant, right? right? To troll the other side, right? There's a part of me. I mean, this thing is 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 chalked so full of 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 spirit of the age cliches. There is a part of me that wonders if, like some Latin mass exorcist in rome are like running some underground resistance um under the uh, spirit of the age pope y'all have right now if they're like running some subversive content and they like produce this as a self as a parody because if it's not that and it's probably not unfortunately um this is loaded with unintentional self-parody and i will go into details coming up about that at the bottom of the hour we are five weeks today five weeks from today is the 2022 election and i will i said last week i'm going to update my map again in a couple of weeks so you'll get that next week an updated map one month out let me give you a quick thought And then I want to get into the the montage because Aaron has a supersized whopper for us today. Uh, A quick thought on where things stand five weeks out, and then you guys can give your quick reaction if you'd like to do that or question. All right. I believe that we are now, the economic news has continued to become so overwhelmingly cataclysmic. That there was, some, there was some energy on the ground on the other side after Dobbs, that's the uh, overturning of Roe. Not enough that it would completely upend the environment that we are in, but maybe provide some level of hedge of protection. Some some level of force field against the energy that was coming from the other side. As, the, as we get now uh, to the uh, starting the fourth quarter later this week in the year, the economic energy now, or I'm sorry, the economic forecast now is so cataclysmic on multiple levels that I I think we're in a pre-Dobbs environment again. It's almost like that ruling didn't even happen right now with what is being discussed in the country. And so I'm going to go back and say the kinds of things that I was saying in in mid-June before Dobbs. If you are a Democrat in anything less than a plus 10 district, you are in danger. You are in mortal danger five weeks from today. If you're a Democrat running in a statewide race anywhere in the country and you're and I mean anywhere in the country and your internal polling does not have you above plus four. You are in danger right now. And there are the way I would describe this is. You know, tumors don't just metastasize, but antidotes do too. And I guess it depends on which side of the balkanization you're on. One's, one side's tumors and other side's antidote and vice versa, right? Okay. But like in, there are some places, like in Kentucky, some, in some of these places you can be as angry as you want. There's probably not, you know, a dozen, like West Virginia, There's not 15 or 20 places that you can be a Republican and actually win left in in some of these states. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that energy is not regional. It is national right now. And so that energy then moves into other places. And I think where you see that energy move into now is now you look at places like Pennsylvania, Minnesota, and those are places that are what Virginia was a year ago at this time. And then that means, you know, similar to when we're, you know, doing an NCAA tournament bracket, there's teams on the bubble. There's the last four in, last four out, right? Like I would put like Pennsylvania and Minnesota, Wisconsin, kind of your last four in, Nevada, that are tilting and turn that are tilting red at the moment to some degree. So then who's your next four out? Who's right on the bubble? Oregon, Colorado I think I think I think it's very clear which side is playing defense here in this election environment five weeks out and I and and then you have a unique situation that we could do an entire show on in Michigan which just deserves its own conversation any quick thoughts on that before we move on with the rest of the show
0: yeah there's a paradox involved here I I I think you're right but that opportunity is born out chaos on a demonic level that uh this country it's unrivaled quite frankly in this country and therefore i have this feeling about this red wave that is akin to what uh dr strange answer to uh tony stark when he says i went back and i, I went into the future looked at all the possibilities for winning mm-hmm. iron man says how many do we win one there's a huge opportunity at hand here across the country, but it's not one. We won't get another chance, I don't think.
2: Potentially, if you don't capitalize on yes, this to some degree. Really and and I and you can save me the emails about voting machines and everything. We're beyond that margin, way beyond those margins of cheating. Way beyond them. In fact, I hope they do what you are afraid of. That that would be that would help us to what you're talking about. This level of upfront demonic mm-hmm. nihilism and how it is opening up the election map across the country, turning to, albeit, <laughs> anything from a trusted savior in the, in the in Team GOP, right? But right now, people feel like they have nothing else to turn to, so it's a natural reflexive mm-hmm. action. Um, that level of just open, we're going to just, you know literally just cut trees down in the dead of night to print off ballots on camera, hope that they do things like that. That would be to your benefit that they would be that ham fisted and that out in the open about it because the amount of cheating that has to go on to win Georgia by 13,000 votes, you just saw what they had to do to win that state by 13,000 votes. Imagine having to make up 130,000 votes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That ain't easy to do. We're we're way beyond margins of cheating here. So I actually hope that those of you that maintain your nihilistic view about election integrity. By the way, I share it. I just have. I just. I just think that in the end, human nature trumps systems or systems. Okay. Human nature trumps algorithms. We're the highest created being in the creation, not systems and machines. But I hope they do. I hope they're so desperate that they literally just steal eight, nine, ten point uh, elections. That would you want to draw even more of a critical mass than where we are right now? That kind of thing would do it, right? So with that said, let's get to regular order and begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while
1: we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by
2: the US Centers for Disease
0: Control and Prevention called for quote urgent action to vaccinate pregnant women. The advisory issued Wednesday stressed that not only are the vaccines safe and effective in pregnancy, but that pregnant and recently pregnant people infected with the novel coronavirus are at, quote,
2: increased risk for severe illness.
1: If you look then at breast milk, another advantage
2: of getting a pregnant woman vaccinated is that when that woman breastfeeds, it passes by passive uh, immunization, a
1: specific IgA and IgG antibodies in breast milk that was seen in a study with a six-week follow-up period. Now there's plenty of data
3: showing how effective the vaccine is in pregnant women and that pregnant women can actually be more vulnerable to this disease.
1: What about uh, moms who may be breastfeeding and, and worried about the safety of breastfeeding um, while vaccinated?
4: Even for women who have not been vaccinated during pregnancy, we have steadfastly encourage them to be vaccinated for breastfeeding because we do know that antibodies are passed through the breast milk to the infant. And as you know, children under 12 are not able to be vaccinated.
2: We have now studied thousands of pregnant women who have been vaccinated with one of the COVID-19 vaccines and we see very safe and healthy pregnancy outcomes. Now is the time to become vaccinated because we have so much data and we know how
4: safe these vaccines really are. Is it safe to get vaccinated while you're breastfeeding?
1: It absolutely is safe to get vaccinated. So I would say if you are thinking about getting vaccinated, there is no bad time to get vaccinated. Get vaccinated while you're thinking about having a baby, before you're thinking about having a baby, while you're pregnant with your baby, or after you've delivered your baby. There is no bad time. In completely unrelated news, thanks to a new study published at the Journal of the American Medical Association, we now know that the COVID mRNA jabs have been detected in the breast milk of some lactating mothers at a rate of seven out of 11. The study cautioned women against breastfeeding their less than six-month-old babies in the days immediately after receiving the mRNA jabs. In other news, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell talks this morning about the rising prospect of a central bank digital currency. We think that there are four characteristics of, if we were to pursue a CBDC, it would at a minimum have the following four characteristics. First is intermediated. Second is privacy-protected. The third is identity verified. So it would not be anonymous. It would not be an anonymous bearer instrument. And fourth is transferable or interoperable. So, so we're, we would be looking to balance privacy protection with identity verification, which, is, which has to be done, of course, in today's traditional banking system. In other words, under a central bank digital currency, the government would be able to attribute every red digital penny you spend and receive and tax you for it. Also today, in Europe, the chief of the European Central Bank lashed out against new cryptocurrencies and called for the implementation of a central bank digital currency.
0: Where do we stand? We central bankers, we have been operating as a monetary anchor in relation to the commercial banks and the private money. If we are not in that game, if we are not involved in experimenting, in innovating in terms of digital uh, central bank money, we risk losing the role of anchor that we have played uh, for many, many decades. And we have historical examples of period where the central bank uh, monetary anchor was not there. And that precipitated crisis after crisis. That certainly was the case at the time of the free banking in the 19th century. Do we want to go back to those days? Probably not. I would say certainly not from our vantage point.
1: It's time to play adventures in the English language with Joe Biden. First, Biden talked about his relationship with a 12-year-old girl when he was 30. But guess what? We got a lot to do. Gotta say hi to me. (laughs) We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway. He then blamed Elton John for the spread of AIDS. By the way, it's all his fault that we're spending $6 billion
2: in taxpayer money this month. To help AIDS fight HIV AIDS.
1: He called for the defunding of the FBI. But I sure in hell don't think we should be funding the FBI either. And finally this. But the truth is, there's a lot more Republicans out there taking credit for the new bridges and those boats that are collapsing. Nancy Pelosi says we We
5: saved the planet. We're saving the planet with record $360 billion dollars.
1: Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm went full Jeb Bush.
3: Five hundred billion dollars, half a trillion
0: dollars that the United States is going to be investing in clean energy solutions. Now you can
1: never go full Jeb Bush. Groomer update in Chattanooga, Tennessee. A toddler touched the crotch of a man dressed in drag at a youth rainbow jihad event. Another day, another white woman talking happily about mutilating children.
4: Penile inversion vaginoplasty for trans feminine patients, so male to female, is taking a penis and essentially turning it into a vagina. So this is a very, you know, Functional results, patients have orgasmic function and can have intercourse, and it looks actually, cosmetically, um, patients are very satisfied.
1: That's Dr. Catherine Gast at the University of Wisconsin Health. Undercover video shows something called a transparency closet at the First Christian Church in Katy, Texas. This closet is chock full of chest binders, underwear, and bras, and is designed to let children pretend to be the opposite sex without their parents knowing. Again, this is at something called First Christian Church in Katy, Texas. And finally, here's Italy's new Prime Minister, Giorgia Maloney, not long ago at the National Conservatism Conference.
5: John Paul II, the Patriot Pope, knew perfectly well that nations and the, the fact of belonging to a people sharing the same historical memory were the bedrock of the freedom of every man. He never tired to repeating that there is no Europe without Christianity, a teaching which is more topical than uh, than ever today. When the Christian identity of Europe is under attack, by a distorted secularism that even attacks the symbol of the Christian tradition while throwing open the gates to the most intransigent form of Islam that wants to apply Sharia law in our European homelands and which lies at the heart of the Islamic terrorism that has caused caused bloodshed in Europe and in the United States. John Paul's second patriotism also enabled him to view today's historical events in the light of a Christian realism Shorn of all rhetoric, as in the case of immigration, he considered that the right to immigrate had to be preceded first and foremost by a right not to immigrate, to live in peace and dignity in one's homeland. Christian patriot, also a critic of mass immigration, when you think about that today, John Paul II would be on the European Union's blacklist as a dangerous subversive but not for
1: us. And that's what happened while we were away.
2: Hmm. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Better Spectacles. If you like my glasses, you can get some just like it, or maybe even cooler with our friends at Better Spectacles, where they are offering German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear, which is available for the first time here the last year plus for mass distribution here in the U.S. And that really helps with those of us who have problematic prescriptions. Maybe you're a little far, a little near. Maybe you're already all, all the way on to bifocals and you've had to resort to the dorky frames. Now you can get the cool frames that everybody with a regular stigmatism can get. And if you've got a regular prescription, you can get the cool rodent stock frames as well from our friends over at Better Spectacles. Go to betterspectacles.com Steve to schedule a teleoptical appointment. Won't even have to leave your house to get access to some of the best trained opt in the country and you get an introductory offer to get you started at 61% off their ghost spec lenses plus they throw in the handcrafted Rodenstock frames for free right now when you go to betterspectacles.com slash steve all right let's uh let's get to what is in uh the montage today and i actually want to start back to front if you don't mind you were nodding your head yes at what uh, Maloney was was saying there in that clip about John Paul II. Can you explain to us why you were nodding affirmatively to that and put some context into why that's an important marker that she threw down and an important distinction to make?
0: Well, yesterday, when we were talking about her, and I told you, it's, it's, it's pure lying out of its cage stuff with her. And so uh, the demons reacted like they did uh, uh to christ and came out uh with the heavy guns and all uh, instantly she's mussolini. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, this is brilliant to go play the uh John Paul uh the second uh card because I think the implication is she's going to be all, you know,
2: like white supremacy, like home soil kind of s- uh, stuff. The, the caricature of the woman in is it the is the is it the French woman who's kind of tried to be a, the the right nationalist yes. that's yeah, trying to win a, there? I did, okay. didn't
0: even ever in my mind. But yeah, okay. But here is if you know your church history at all, this is an Italian woman going to Pope John Paul II, who was the first non-Italian pope in like four hundred plus years. Polish, correct? He was polish yes mm-hmm. so he he's going she's going and, and we're talking about the issue of immigration mm-hmm. and national identity she's not going some full backwater italian anything she's going to uh, the father of the church who redefined that sentiment outside polish borders and helped save europe along with uh, uh and western civilization alongside reagan and thatcher that was a multi- the uh, triumvirate that man, stood up,
2: that finished off the Soviet a, Union, basically. So that was a
0: multinational yeah. force. She's proving that any attempt that this is some dark Italian boogity boogity, no, no, no. She instant. I love it. She instantly, she doesn't try any scam. She doesn't try any and around. She goes right to the core and dares you to take on our biggest weapons. So she's
2: taking those who would channel. Um, Their father, the father of lies. Yes. And 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 would those within the spirit of the age that would take information, precedent, facts, information and would present it um, out of context. And she is challenging them directly by by properly contextualizing it.
0: Yes, Correct. I'm sure she's getting a version there of we get in the United States some some ultra right mega mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kkk return, and she's saying no and, and the, the
2: political forces around this current pope you know probably would help the media actually define it that way
0: yes, yeah. and she will not have it. It is so refreshing.
2: are there any scriptural precedents you can think of? in a direct confrontation with the spirit of the age, when it attempts to take things, precedence, and warp them and take them out of context, and then confronting that element by putting those things, rightly dividing those things and putting them in their proper context. can you? Is there any scriptural precedent you can think of for anything like sounds that? Sounds like
0: a pretty advanced hermeneutic, Steve. I don't know. Maybe
2: yeah, again. I think we're probably asking too much of the audience to discuss it. Aaron, you're waving at me. What is it?
1: I was just trying to get Todd's attention, but yeah. Okay. The the deafness, and I don't know why we hadn't heard of this woman. I mean, I I just heard of her just a couple of weeks ago, and I saw her being characterized as fascist, all of the stuff that you've heard. I immediately, though, went and looked up, just Googled Georgia Maloney World Economic Forum. I don't know. You probably did the same thing too, Steve. I could nary find Mm -hmm. a connection. (laughs) I think that's that's got to be one of your first litmus tests, at least in this day and age, for politicians. But to just um, rhetorically hold up the middle finger, not in a crass way, but just in a no, I don't accept any of your premises. This is what is good, true, and beautiful. That's. I mean that that is an example, at least for now, anyway. Let's go to the front of Aaron's montage now.
2: The JAMA study, that's the Journal of the American Medical Association, okay? Saying that in almost half the women surveyed in this study, in a study they published. In fact, let's let's go back. A little bit more than a year ago, Aaron, as you and I are crafting the pericarditis uh, and the MRNA's Christmas parody album, right? And I'm writing out the lyrics of the parody songs. And the line that says, it don't stay in your arm, they lied. Right? That's one of the lines in one of the parody songs that we put together? Yes. Right. Now, because they were still... They were still proffering this lie and deception about the spiked protein and the lipid nanod particles that are carrying the mRNA messenger RNA in your bloodstream. They were still lying about this. They were still perpetuating this lie at this time last year, well into the fourth quarter of last year. They were still lying and, and claiming that it just stayed in your arm. Remember, I think it was Congressman Thomas Massey, didn't he, about a month ago, point out that they had quietly removed that language, yep. CDC did, from its website. Yeah. Wasn't it about a month ago that Thomas said that? Yep. All right. So, now, context is king. All right? And, and so, with that context now offered up, this was parody of a lie less than a year ago uh, that we were talking about on this show. Just about a month ago, Tom Massey, the congressman out of Kentucky, pointed out CDC had quietly removed this language from its website. They were still claiming well into 2022, officially, that the spiked protein and everything associated with it, the lipid nanoparticles, everything else, stays in your arm. They were still claiming this officially. And now, with those markers laid down... We now present you this study from the Journal of the American Medical Association that showed almost half the women, 42% of them, were showing, quote, trace amounts, quote, trace amounts,
1: it's not trace amounts,
2: of mRNA, if they were lactating, in their breast milk. Number one, the lie they tried to tell us for nearly two years that it stayed in your arm. I know, gentlemen, we are struggling with human anatomy these days, particularly, you'd think that's what I we, was we say. have never been more exposed to female anatomy than any generation of people that's ever populated this planet. You know what I'm saying, Why G? Why are you so cynical okay? about the medical community I that mean, can
0: turn a penis
2: into a vagina, Steve? I, 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 I mean, that, and, and that's just the medical stuff. We're not even to the porn, genera- we're on Generation 2 of American porn and everything else. We have, we have been more subjected to female anatomy than any homo sapiens that have ever walked this earth. All right? Ever. We are more familiar with it. We are more exposed to it. And yet, funny thing is, we seem to be struggling the most with it. What is it? Is that a woman at all? Correct? right? So I know we cannot just take this for granted these days. But are the mammary glands and the arms the same appendage? Todd, go. You've got a wife and four daughters. You've got to at least be one for five here. Go. Is it the same appendage? It is not. It is not. Therefore, before we even get what this means for your children, before we even get what this means for your children, here's what it means for you. The line in our song last Christmas that was parody, it don't stay in your arm. They lied. This study, like we've had other studies that, that begged the question. Remember the sperm bank study this summer? Yeah. All right, that found that um, those that had taken the mRNA jabs, their sperm motility had been declined for, what would, would they say, six months? Yeah. And then, which, you yeah, know, they want you to take that booster about how long is it, Aaron? Every Two months now. No, well, it's two months now, but what was it back then? Oh, it was six months. It was six months. Funny. And then they didn't ask follow-up question like, well, does it, does it keep irradiating your sperm motility if you keep taking these jabs every six months. Notice the study, obvious follow-up question to ask, right? Chose not to ask that one. Because if they did, they wouldn't have gotten it published, guys. They, they're, they're leaving breadcrumbs. There's some people with some conscience here, just don't have a lot of courage, all right? Because they know that they won't get this stuff published. So they're, they're making it obvious. They're, they're leaving a trail of breadcrumbs. They're they're leaving us Rosetta stones by which we can translate the rest of these hieroglyphics. So now, though, we have official confirmation where we don't have to draw any conclusions or do any math. This study officially points out. It doesn't stay in your arm because your kid isn't suckling off your elbow. Is that where the female nipple is located, Todd? It is not. It is not. So for the first time, this lead has been buried. I want to make sure we highlight it. And frankly, I've buried it myself, pointing it out, sharing this study on social media. We have, as far as I know, the absolute first official Spirit of the Age journal confirmation that it doesn't stay in your arm. It doesn't stay in your arm. That is a point that we cannot understate and must be highlighted. Now we get to what does this mean for your children? And does this not now beg other questions? Am I passing it on in my sperm? Am I passing it on as a blood donor? Any form of bodily fluid that we may share for either a natural human necessity like procreation or for a medical healthcare necessity like a blood transfusion does this not now beg the question are we passing this on any way that we share fluids in any way as a society you bet your ass it does One of the key methods that we need to pursue in order to pursue or to, uh, we should say, salvage our way of life and our values is the creation of a parallel economy an alternative marketplace that's where our friends at public sq for public square that's where they come in they have created the largest directory of freedom loving businesses the nation has ever seen right now you can connect to freedom loving americans within local communities and businesses all over the country that share your values as well when you download the app public sq at the apple app store or google play create a free account begin your search you can do that now all So you can list your business there for free so that your local community can find you today. Just look for it, Public SQ for Public Square. Public SQ, download the app today. That's Public SQ, and you'll find it again at the Apple App Store as well as your Google Play Store. Look for Public SQ. Name of the book, Letter to the American Church, written by bestselling author Eric Metaxas, who, of course, has his own show that I was honored to be on just about a week ago, and we welcome him to the program here today. Eric, it is a pleasure to have you with us here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Brother, how are you?
3: It's my pleasure, and I'm doing just swell because I know there are folks like you out there in the world uh, speaking truth. We're living in insane times, but you know when you know there's a, there's some people who see that it encourages you to keep going. So that's where I am. Today.
2: Likewise, brother. Amen. I appreciate it. And back at you. And um, after we got uh, confirmed to come on your show last week, I had one of my listeners send me a link to a presentation that you had just given at a church in Texas. And I mean, I I, I just thought it was incredible, incredibly prophetic. And my understanding is that's kind of the Cliff's Notes version of what you write here in letter to the American church, basically.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've been giving a lot of interviews and I've been speaking a lot about it. And it's basically the same thing, different versions of the same thing. We are, you know, to sum it up, folks, and this is something a lot of people don't want to believe this. A lot of us don't want to believe anything negative. We'd rather just, you know, uh, look away. But the fact is, because I wrote my book on Bonhoeffer, I know what happened in Germany was a direct result—this is not an exaggeration—a direct result of the silence of the German church. Mm-hmm. Now, unless, you know, unless you're know, you tempted to think, well, they, they were different than we are. No. Uh, we are extremely similar to where they were then. The German church, these were not evil people who were saying, oh, come on, Mr. Hitler, uh, come on, Satan, destroy the world. No. They— for many reasons, believed being silent in the face of these evils was wisdom. Uh, Of course, some of it was just fear and cowardice, but they were thinking, no, not yet, not yet. We just want to stick to the gospel. We just want to stick to our little religious sphere. We don't want to speak against these evils, not yet. Uh, People who speak against it are getting in trouble. We think if I keep my nose clean, keep my head down, this will just pass. Because of their silence, it led to a satanic nightmare, the likes of which the world has never seen, that is exactly what is happening now, right now in America, because of the silence of the American church. It is Mm. dramatically similar. Uh, It is always the case that people think this can't happen here. Let me just tell you folks, the reason it happened in Germany was because the sophisticated civilized Christian Germans were convinced nothing terrible could happen there. Bonhoeffer prophetically tried to warn them. Um, They just dismissed it as we typically do to prophetic voices. And so I wrote the book letter to the American church to say if the German church missed what God was saying through Bonhoeffer, could could the American church today hear what Bonhoeffer was saying and apply it to us and understand that it will happen as he warned. It did happen then. It will happen here. It is already happening now because churches, for the same reasons, are being silent and saying, I don't want to get involved in that. Not yet. Not yet. That is why we are in the nightmare in which we find ourselves now. But it is only the beginning of the horrors to come if Christians do not stand up and speak up and get political and understand that. When people tell you not to get political, it's just because they don't agree with what you're saying. They don't really care whether it's political. If you agree with them that and, and it's somehow political, they won't say a word, but it's when you disagree with them that they try to shut you up. And many Christians have foolishly shut up and said, okay, I don't want to get political. I'll just preach the gospel. It's uh, it's exactly where we are.
2: I watched over lockdowns, uh, an old BBC documentary series, an old like 10, 15 years so. Biased, but not wokeified, I guess we'll say. All right. So still some nuggets and kernels of truth in there. And it was on World War II. And specifically what struck me, though, was uh, the 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 prelude to it. And at the beginning of the documentary series gets into the state of play in Germany, just one generation prior to World War II. And you're watching some of the original. I mean, I think people that you know are if you're a, if you're a cinephile, you might know this history. But a lot of the earliest movies that were considered trailblazing in the early days of cinema were German-made films, for example. Uh, Germany was on the cutting edge of pop culture. Germany, through companies like uh, Mercedes-Benz and other places, was on the cutting edge technologically. It had proto-public transportation in places like uh, Hamburg and Berlin that would not come for decades. Later in places like L.A. and San Francisco and New York. I mean, it, it looked like a metropolis, a modern day in 1905. It looked like a modern day metropolis. And then by 1945. It had completed plunging the world into not one, but two devastating world wars. The first one that introduced weapons of mass destruction, uh, biological weaponry uh, to the to humanity for the first time on a mass scale. Uh, the second one, of course, the, the Holocaust and everything that you just referenced. And it blew me away in one generation, the children that were born in 1905 were the children that grew up and engaged and were either passive or actively engaged Eric in those two man's inhumanity to man. And it and it just dawned on me that when a culture lets go of the rope, it goes fast. And I, I fear in our culture, we have let go of the rope.
3: Oh, look, th- there's no question about it. And the reason that I uh, speak so urgently about this is that I, I believe firmly that the Lord wants to give his people an opportunity to avoid the horrible error into which the German church fell. In other words, I think that uh, I think he led me to write the Bonhoeffer book so that people would be familiar with what happened. And I know that he led me to write this book to really sharpen the point, to make it very clear that the reasons that pastors and all kinds of Christian leaders, who used to somehow be vocal in the culture, they've gone silent. Why? Why have they gone silent? Well, they have all kinds of reasons. Bonhoeffer, really, you can see him getting angry. I quote him, of course, uh, many times in this book, uh, Letter to the American Church, but he says that this is these, these are theologically based objections to speaking out. He knows it's garbage, and he says, it's, it's nothing but fear. They, they give reasons that, well, Um, you know, we want to stay in our lane. We just want to preach the gospel. He knows this is nonsense, that if you do not speak up for the Jews who are being sent in boxcars to Auschwitz, or you do not speak uh, up against the evil that happened to the Jews long before the death camps, if you are silent then Mm -hmm. as a Christian, what kind of dead gospel do you think you are going to be able to preach? What do you have to say if you're silent in the face of evil? When we see Young women are being mutilated because they bought into these lies these about gender ideology. You let that happen. You don't say anything. You don't say, excuse me, what is going on here? This is evil. The Bible is pretty clear that there are two sexes, two genders. When, when you don't speak against the cultural Marxism infiltrating the culture and now infiltrating churches in BLM and critical race theory, if you don't speak against all of these evils, and we're just mentioning a few, if you're silent god will not hold us guilt guiltless the church number one is supposed to have the courage uh, and the authority to speak against these things bonhoeffer says the church is the conscience of the state so the innumerable christian leaders uh who are being silent as these things happen god is looking to them he's asking them to repent of their silence to speak out to fear nothing and I do believe, I mean, I wrote this book in a measured way because I want to reach the people who 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 aren't really familiar with this concept that this has happened before. It went unbelievably horribly. And if we don't wake up now, it will be too late. Many Germans woke up when it was too late. and they mm-hmm. they thought I should, if I had spoken up in thirty three and thirty four, this never could have happened. I was silent now. I have no voice. I'm going to walk in shame for decades as a result of my silence.
2: We have a lot of confusion in the church and our leadership right now, though, Eric. I mean, we have... We have some Christian leaders who in the past have demonstrated they know what time it is culturally and spent a good portion of last year pimping these poisonous jabs to the people and to the country, yeah. which are yeah. if, if it's not the market itself, it's at least proto conditioning for how such a system would be initiated. For example, we have other Christian leaders who hear what you're saying and claim it's just Christian nationalism, which is yeah. the new pejorative for actually accurately dividing, rightly dividing right. American history. Right. Yeah. OK. So, Our I mean, impression. how do we. Cut through this.
3: We Our response should be who cares. People will say what they will say. Call me this, call me that, same being political. It's nonsense. We know that we have an obligation before God to speak the truth. Our fellow men and women are depending on us who claim to be Christians to speak the truth. Now, even if I'm getting it wrong, I've got to do my best. So when I find out that the vaccines are harmful, when I find out that innumerable people are being pressured to get them for no good reason and they're being kept from medicines that actually could help them if i don't speak out then then i i I have to say how do you think it happened in germany it it, all the horrors that happened then happened precisely this way Well, just go along with the narrative i don't want to be the one to, to 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 bring it up or if you told people to get the vaccines repent of it and say there's new information and you know what folks i was wrong uh, i'm sorry about that be bold uh i have publicly repented of you know uh, supporting the bush administration and the patriot act and whatever it was i mean we all get stuck in these narratives and at some point you say whoa 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 i didn't see where that was going mm-hmm. um you know it took donald trump of all people to wake me up uh, to see some of these things I-, I think we have to be honest and look A lot of churches took a lot of money to promote the vaccines. Um, A lot of people have a lot invested in not mentioning election fraud. The question is, whom do you serve? Do you trust God? This is where, you know, you talk about separating the sheep from the goats. God looks to his people and he says, do you really believe I am who you say that I am? You call yourself a Christian. Now, if you don't call yourself a Christian, you can do as you like. But if you dare to call yourself a Christian and you have some muddled view that I I need to be moderate, I don't want to be divisive. Don't you think those who spoke against slavery in the antebellum uh, America, that they were told, shut up, Mm -hmm. this is a divisive issue, just stick to your preaching? Hitler told Niemöller, Martin Niemöller, you just stick to your sermons, you let me worry about the Third Reich. If the church just sticks to its theology and doesn't bring The theology of God into every sphere of life, we're not doing our job. Our job is to be on the march with the truth of God to help people, to tell people the truth. When everyone else will be silent, we're supposed to speak up. So letter to the American church is really meant to reach those who have been silent, but might need to see that now is the time. There's not much time left. Now is the time to speak up on every single one of these issues. And if you don't, Eventually it will be too late very soon.
2: Final question, brother. I got about two minutes here. But since I don't know and, and our audience has not been given access to someone who has more studied this period of time than you have in the last decade, between the best selling book you did on Bonhoeffer, the book here, Letter from a Letter to the American Church, which kind of takes those parallels another step further. And you said a few minutes ago, a lot of Germans woke up, but it was too late. If they had spoken up in 1933, 1934, maybe they could have stopped it based on the amount of time and research you have spent looking at that era. If you're drawing that historical parallel to where we are as a people today, what year do you think we're in?
3: Th- that's hard to say. Uh, I would probably guess about 1935. 1935 was when the persecution of Christians had already become so strong that many who had stood in 33 with the Barman Declaration began to fade back and backpedal. And you have 3,000 pastors that stand firm, 3,000 pastors on the other end of the spectrum that are just totally pro-Nazi. But in the middle, there are 12,000 who in 1935— decided we're just going to take a pass. We're not going to take a side. We're just going to go along to get along. What banner do you want us to hang up? A swastika, a rainbow banner, a BLM flag? What do we need to do so that you'll just let us, you know, play our little religious game and have church and just pretend that none of these evil things are happening? That is where we are today. And I promise you and anyone listening, this is real and so few are talking about this, the fact that the church has been this silent is utterly scandalous. We have the example of the German church. We have the example of what happened to Germany. Uh, We will not be guiltless in this. God says, I look to my people. If you actually believe what you claim to believe, you will behave as though you believe it. You will speak fearlessly. That's a big part of what I write about in this book letter to the American church. Do you really believe what you claim to believe, or is it just words? Jesus spoke against that. You know, these people, uh, they, they they talk about me, but their hearts are far from me. That is God's message to his people today in America, the last best hope of earth. God's almost chosen people. We've been chosen by God for his purposes, not for our purposes, for his purposes. And the church is at the center of that. And so this is an, just an unbelievably urgent moment. I rushed this book to print. We have very little time.
2: Sobering. Letter to the American Church. best-selling author, Eric Metaxas, out now. Good to have you on the show, brother. Let's do this again soon. All right. Thank you for what you're doing.
3: And I'd love to have you back as well. Thank you so much. You bad man. God
2: bless. Take care. Thoughts on that conversation?
5: Yeah. Go you ahead, know,
1: Aaron. When I, when I saw you publish... Metaxas' sermon to that church in Houston and said it was a must-watch. I went and watched it right away, and I had a feeling that it was going to go, based on his authorship of of Bonhoeffer, I had a feeling it was going to go the way that it went. But when it really went that way, drawing the comparisons between 1930s Germany and the uh, America of today, stomach just dropped and yours should as well really because it is almost one to one where we are so what are we prepared to do as Todd likes to say what are you prepared to do we have to put in the work each and every one of us my stomach dropped again when he said this is this is akin to 1935 because we're already behind the eight ball if that's the truth
2: fake news or not is next Right, back here with our two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast steve dace here with aaron mcintyre todd erzin and all of you let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show steve at stevedace.com that's d-e-a-c-e you can like us on facebook me we parlor and gab follow me at steve day show on twitter and getter and then you can get clips of the show that are free to watch and free of any censorship whatsoever When you head to rumble.com slash Steve day show again, rumble.com slash Steve day show. Thanks to all of you. To our podcast listeners and for your continued contribution to our continued growth and success here on the program. We appreciate each and every one of you, please. If you have yet to do this for us already hit subscribe or follow, leave us a five star review. And if you've got a question that you'd like to have considered for the next, ask me anything, embed that into your five star review, and you will go to the front of the line for consideration for our next AMA from Todd himself. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already. This portion of the show Brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure. What is the odor challenge in your home? Is it a pet who wants to turn a certain room in your home into a toilet? And even after getting in potty train, no matter how many times you get the carpeting clean, the odor won't go away. One of you sent me a note saying, hey, that was us and we tried the Eden Pure and now that odor is gone. Maybe it's your poker buddies. That would be me. Um, maybe it's a sweaty teenage son doing summer conditioning and now high school football. That would be me too. Whatever the case is for you, whatever the challenge is in your home, litter boxes, trash cans, smoke, dirty diapers, have more than met their match with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. It doesn't require any filters. I don't know how that works. I asked. They explained it. I didn't get it. So I don't know how it works. I just know that it does. So you won't have to buy filters for many years. These come in packs of three. So you'll get uh, the three units with a big discount for under 200 bucks, all three for under 200 bucks when you go to edenpuredeals.com and use the code Steve 3 for the three pack there, you'll get the three pack for under 200 bucks and free shipping as well. when you go to edenpuredeals.com and use the discount code Steve 3. Well, let's bring in my oldest daughter Anastasia as we start off with fake news or not. Good to see you again, sweetie. How are you?
4: Good to see you too, Dad. I'm good. Like right. the Blazer. You like it? Yeah, I yeah, do like it. Yeah,
2: I I I know there are some members of the management at the Blaze in Dallas who will be sending me notes saying that's what we're talking about. Don't get used to it. I have a I have a banquet tonight. I'm frankly too lazy to put on another pair of clothes. So I'm just doing it today. I think
4: it beats the American flag shorts, honestly. Do you? Yeah.
2: Those are my Harlem Globetrotter shorts. It's yeah, just, I think
4: it beats it. You,
2: you like those better? I, like I could it be more. wearing those underneath, just nobody would know, right? <laughs> All right, so this week, you have a unique challenge for us. What is it?
4: This week, we are going to be checking you and Todd's white privilege. You
0: Check ready yourself for this?
4: before you wreck yourself. are only
0: defining wins and losses on <laughs> this. Yes.
2: Yeah, okay, I think this is only a loss. You can only lose, correct? So when, when did I experience my white privilege, do you think, Princess? Was it when I was born to a 15-year-old mom? How about when we were on food stamps and ADC and your old man actually ate government cheese when he was a little kid, right? Was it when your mom married me and I worked in a mailroom at Blue Cross Blue Shield? Is, 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 that when, is that when I was benefiting from my white privilege? Can you point out at which of these moments here during the course of my half, near half century of life now? that I experienced some form was it, was it when I, I got so much credit card debt in college? Cause they kept offering you credit apps with uh, beer tokens. Do you remember those days? Stop mansplaining your daughter's deal. <laughs> yes. And I took it too much advantage of it and actually filed a, had to file bankruptcy when I got out of college. So was it when we were on food stamps? I was born to a 15 year old mom. I had to go through a bankruptcy. I worked in a mailroom. At what point did I, did your father experience his white privilege? Do you think?
4: I, if I'm being honest, I just I think it's just because you're white. It doesn't really matter what you're going through. In, in other life.
2: words, I could not. Have, I would, I only made it out of those things.
4: You need because to of pay for what privilege. your ancestors did.
2: Yes. Okay. That makes sense. All right. So how's this going to work?
4: So I found this because of the libs of TikTok, Twitter. Okay. Um. It was handed out to a to teachers. Um, at a university in Wisconsin. And um, now that I'm starting to make a little name for myself, I'm starting to get some own little birdies of my own.
2: People are sending you stuff
0: now, Yeah, huh?
4: and yeah. Nice. A, um, it was also a student handout from a class taught to Army senior leaders and a promotional requisite course for officers looking to command brigade level or higher. So when you compare the two um, sets of questions, they're almost identical. Okay. So, yeah. All right.
2: So, what's the acceptable score here? I mean, what are we aiming for?
4: I mean, on the test itself, it says if you get 13 out of 26, you really need to think about and step back and think about your white privilege and okay. what it plays in your okay in your life.
2: All right. So, you, you've got to get half, under
0: half. Ready, Todd? So, uh, I, I'm shooting for 26. Quite you frankly. want you want to hit it
2: all? Yeah. Let's nail. Yeah. This you thing. want full white privilege? Yes. Yes. Okay. Here we go.
4: I thought about buying trophies with. With just white privilege, but I just, that's something I don't want to order.
2: Yeah, having that order will put you, if you're not (laughs) on the watch list already by being on the show, you would be on it after ordering that. Yes.
4: So, white privilege question number one If I wish to, I can arrange to be in the company of people of my race most of the time.
2: Yeah. I mean, isn't that true of literally everybody? College
0: campuses okay. right now, where there's uh, yes, they're literally are segregating all the white people the, the, yes, out. Yes,
2: yes. Yeah. So, okay, but so that's one. We're both at a one. That's okay, not looking
4: good. Okay, right. <laughs> it's looking great. <laughs> <laughs> I can be sure that no matter where I move to, my neighbors in that location will be pleasant or neutral to me.
2: Oh gosh, no, 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 not anymore, especially the American suburbs. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> No. Now, Karen has metastasized. Have I told you the story about fleeing from Carlisle, Iowa? Yes. Yeah. No. Still at a one.
4: I can go shopping alone and be sure that I won't be followed or harassed.
2: No. No. I mean, I I mean, have I spoken at a pro-life event? Check. All right. Do I think the election was stolen? Check. No, I I can't do that any longer. Uh, I'm looking at you, FBI. So I'm a no on that. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, you can't even show up at an awards banquet at a high school without being followed right. the cops are there to yes. meet me. Yeah, so we're both still at a one. Okay.
4: I can turn on the TV, open a newspaper, and see people of my race widely represented.
2: Now, see, this question's a fallacy because we are, white people are still two-thirds of the American population. So there's no way to get around. We are still the majority of the American population. There's no way that, there, There's no way that we would not, unless we were watching black entertainment television, Right? That we would not get wide representation. So the answer to this is, a, is an obvious yes. Right?
0: And anybody who said otherwise from any race would be lying to you in this
2: day and age. So we're at a two, though. We're at a two. Okay.
4: <clears throat> I can go to a museum or art gallery and will see people of my race widely represented in the objects and artworks.
2: Well, yeah. I've never gone to an art gallery, <laughs> like ever. So I can't speak to that. Okay haven't you seen
0: night at the museum that is a <laughs> cultural tour de force yeah
2: yeah i agree yeah so okay uh, i've done the, the museum thing though yeah all right i
4: mean if you're going to the indigenous people yeah, museum, the, you're not exactly. going to see What's
2: many steve if i'm going to the negro <laughs> negro hall baseball hall yeah. of fame in kansas city i'm not going to see a lot of pasties there right <laughs> so which kind of museums are we talking about again the question is a fallacy but we're at a three okay
4: Okay, I can be sure that when told about our national heritage or about civilization, I am shown that people of my color made it what it is.
2: No, you can't be. No, we're to be ashamed of that. We have the 1619 Project and everything else, right? Right. I mean, the pilgrims, to teach about the pilgrims, the children's book I've got coming out here in a month, that's Christian nationalism now. I, I don't think we can be assured of that, no. right? I mean, you and I grew up watching you know, the, uh, the Thanksgiving Peanuts uh, you know, special mm-hmm. that included the second half with the pilgrims. They don't air that on television anymore, right? So no, I don't think we no. can say that for sure at all.
4: Okay, I can be sure that my children will be taught a curriculum which testifies to the existence of their race.
2: Well, no. Well, well yes, I can, but again, the question is a fallacy because they'll be told that they should be ashamed of the existence of their race, right? But we're still at a four. I'm, or we're now at a four, I should say. This question
0: feels like I'm, it's designed to make me a loser no matter what I say.
2: I think you've just adequately described the entire test. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah.
4: I can go into a shop and easily find the food, music, or clothes which represent my race or fit with my cultural traditions.
2: I'm going to say no. I don't, ha- I don't have a clue what clothes fit with. A... Do you know what are white people clothes? Do you know what that means? What you wear on a daily basis. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a clue. I mean, you've worked retail. Did you guys have a white section?
4: No, we did not. You have no. a
2: section for whites?
4: No, this is the case of the close
2: white people wear. You guys didn't do that?
4: <laughs> no, I think, the, I think the corporate decided that wasn't the route to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, you know what? I've accepted two fall- fallacious questions already. I'm not accepting this one. No is my answer. So I'm still at a four.
0: I'd say yes, but I, there's places that sell pants and T-shirts. So, wow.
2: Okay.
0: How oppressive.
4: I can go to a hairdresser and be sure that they can cut my hair. Period. That's a, the that's, that's a question.
2: Isn't that what a hairdresser is supposed to do? <laughs>
4: that's the, I, there's nothing else. <laughs> that's, I,
2: I mean, would you go to the, a hairdresser for anything other than hey,
1: this, getting bo- a you haircut? You can feel
0: the, bo- like, this, I can breathe. Yes.
1: <laughs> there's always, always the chance, though, that they just will not for whatever reason. So there's, there's also that. So you're not, you're never t- completely assured, are you?
0: Well, that's a great point. Not way before COVID, or even before the 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 tranny madness. There was a story about how a hairdresser would not cut the hair of uh, conservatives or people of I don't. So they no, we can't guarantee so no, that. We can't. Plus,
2: we just had it. We went through uh, you know a, almost a year where the barber shops were closed. So, no, I, I can't guarantee. I, I I could have gone to a barber shop from March 16th to May 16th here in Iowa and no, to get my hair cut and not gotten it yeah, done. So, are. no, it's not a guarantee. This is a Monty Python sketch yes. now. I'm being
4: oppressed.
2: Yes, yeah, so I'm still at a four here. <laughs> yes.
4: <clears throat> I can count on my skin color not to work against the appearance of my financial reliability.
2: I can't. Are you kidding? With ESG? Diversity? Are you kidding me? If, if this job goes south, Steve, I'm never going to get a pilot I, again. I, 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 no doubt. I, I mean, I got an Coat email. Coattails, baby. I got an email from someone who wrote it. A major American airline went to sit in the back seat, and they were told, uh, even though we haven't sold those tickets, none of those seats are available. A non, uh, some non-whites got on the plane, and they let them sit back there. when they, And she said, when, they, when we asked the flight attendant why they allowed that, we're not allowed to talk about that. So, no, I, I, I can't answer that question. I can't take that for granted at all. Nope no I'm still at a four
4: you're doing good I'd love this to take good.
2: this test live on MSNBC can you imagine what their heads would do with these answers can you imagine on I'd... Fox Kennedy over there oh, oh that's just not appropriate da- Dana Perino would, well uh, you yeah. know what and after this more, tr- more on trans kids and why they're a wonder yes exactly yeah
4: I can swear dress scruffily or not answer letters without having people attribute these choices to the bad morals poverty or illiteracy of my race
1: I, I, isn't that question racist? <laughs>
2: yes. I was born to a 15 year old mom. I thought my name was an F bomb until I was about 11. Okay. Um, I, I was on government cheese. Again, I, I, I can't, I, I, I worked in a mailroom well into my 20s. So, no, I, I can't assume any of that, actually. I, my, Your grandma Vicky grew up on what was called the South Side Bottoms, otherwise known as the white trash part of town here in Des Moines.
4: But your ancestors possibly owned slaves, Dad.
2: No, actually, they came over from Sicily and Italy at the turn of the century. You never know. And and they lived in the ghettos first. But I hear what you're
4: saying. (laughs) This is
0: what's—it's a trap. If I do these bad things. It's because of my white privilege. If I succeed and don't do these bad things, yes. it's also because it's yeah, white it's privilege. It's the same
2: thing we saw. If you quote the rap lyric, if you're, if you're a white yes. athlete that quoted rap lyrics as a teenager, you're a racist. Yes. If you say, I don't want to listen to that stuff, exactly. so I never quote it. Well, then why don't you want to listen to it? You're a racist. Exactly. That, that's the, the whole thing is a trap. Yes, It's a trap. Yes.
4: I can speak in public to a powerful male group without putting my race on trial.
0: No,
2: well, think no, we I'll, can't uh, you don't we think can. we can okay because I was going to give in on this one and say they'd immediately say as a man you cannot speak to a powerful group you're not entitled to particularly as a white male but they would it's, it's the fact I'm male that they would tell me I couldn't speak to a, a whole powerful gr- group
0: a whole group of white men who are being powerful the point the microphone at, is, your,
1: at your mouth sorry Todd
2: is clearly clearly White privilege. so are we a yes on this one yes all right so we're at five okay
4: i can do well professionally without being called a credit to my race
2: i you know what i can see that one like no one's ever said to me you know you've you've given me i you know what i did do a job interview at msnbc about 10 years ago with their executive producer there and she told me and i quote quote You are the first person with your belief system that made me think someone intelligent could actually have your views. So she profiled me for my religious views, but not for my race. So I guess I got to affirm that one. I agree. Okay, six.
4: I am never asked to speak for my entire racial group.
2: See, I agree with this one, but who does that? I mean, the same people that are posing this question are the same people that say to Thomas Sowell, you're not really black. Are the same people that say to Jason Whitlock and Delano Squires, you're not really black. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so you guys get to, so, so they're the ones that proffer that stuff. The, the people that, that come up with exercises like this are the ones that think they get to determine who is and isn't black. Joe Biden's out there saying, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black, Right. So, so I reject this as a fallacy because, on this one, the people framing the question—they're the ones that actually perpetuate this ethos, right? I agree. All right, so I'm, I'm, I reject it.
4: I can remain oblivious of the language and customs of persons of color without feeling in my own culture any penalty for such oblivion.
2: Agreed, because I'm not a racist.
4: That's good. Yeah,
2: so okay. I'm not a racist, so I agree with that one. So if it if it's because I'm not a racist that I don't feel threatened by your cultural expressions, does that count toward? Is that my white privilege too? If I'm yes. threatened by your cultural expressions, it's my white privilege. If I'm not, yes. then I'm all then it's also my white privilege. Exactly. Because okay. so it couldn't be out of the fact that you do you. It must be that I arrogantly think that you couldn't threaten me anyway because of my whiteness, right? Correct. Okay. So we're at six.
4: I can criticize our government and talk about how much I fear its policies and behavior without being seen as a cultural outsider.
2: Wrong. Are you kidding me with this question?
1: Are you kidding me with this question? Somebody better ask these to the uh, D.C. Gulag. Yeah, yeah
2: I, I got there's a, a few dozen people indefinitely detained for nonviolent protesters since January 6th that might beg to differ on this one.
0: See previous answer about <laughs> police following me to soccer. Bank.
1: Yes.
4: <laughs> if a police officer, you guys knew this one was coming. if a police officer stops me I can be sure I haven't been singled out because of my race
2: I know white male driving a pickup truck now probably voted for Trump no I I can't do that at all any longer no I don't correct No, we're still at 6
4: I can be pretty sure that if I ask to talk to the person in charge I will be facing a person of my race
1: No, no I was just at the Apple store yesterday
2: Probably not.
4: No. <laughs> Nor do no. I care.
2: No. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I can't be assured of that. No. I mean, they're literally holding positions for non-whites. Yeah.
4: Whatever happened to not seeing color? You remember when that yep. was the thing? That's
2: racist. To say oh. I don't see color oh. is oh. racist.
0: Yeah. I'm not it racist. Is, yeah. you know, Katie Couric tried to pull that on Maya Angelou. She's like, I don't even see her. And Maya Angelou, like right there on television said, what is your problem? Of course I'm black. What are you doing? <laughs> she did that happen?
2: Of course it did.
4: I can easily buy books, children's toys, posters, greeting cards, or magazines featuring people of my race. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but so can everybody else these days. But I guess, so that's a seven then. Okay, we're at seven. All right.
0: There's a rom-com about two dudes right now. Yes. Yeah. Big tent.
4: (laughs) As a child, I had access to books where the heroes and protagonists were the same race or color as me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. True. And I had access to heroes and books of people that that were not. But we're at an eight.
4: I can go home from most meetings of organizations I belong to, feeling somewhat tied in rather than isolated, oh, out no, of place, no, no, no. outnumbered, unheard, held no. at a distance, or feared.
2: No. What's that? What's that unmarked black van across the street? And anybody hear a tick on their cell phone? No. 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 I, I, not anymore. No.
4: I can take a job with an affirmative action employer without having coworkers suspect that I got it because of my race. I
2: don't know. It depends on the job, right? Like if I got a job as an NBA general manager, my people say, hey, we needed some more whites here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what's the job, right? What's the job? Uh, and Who's the management? Yes. So it's I'm gonna, less, It's more about them than you about know what me. Though? I'll, I'll, I, I'll grant that one, I guess, to some degree. All right. So we're in an eight.
4: I can be sure that the gatekeepers in my life, such as my boss, my local MP, or my landlord, are the same color or race as me.
2: No.
0: I don't think you can no, be assured of that at you. all. Yeah. If you can, that's called
2: racism. Yes.
4: I can be sure that if I need legal or medical help, the color of my skin will not work against me.
2: Are you kidding me? Uh, white Trump voter won't take the vaccine. Uh, uh, you shouldn't be getting health care. Don't give we, do. We literally were told this a year ago at this time. Uh, hospital shouldn't take you. So, no, n- not correct.
0: Ask the January 6th people who toil in jail about that. Yes.
4: I can choose makeup or bandages in flesh color and have them more or less match my skin.
2: Are you kidding okay, me with I, this question? I'm broken. No. Band aids are racist. Uh, so, go with the,
0: gush,
4: uh, okay. the gushing so, uh, yeah, five.
2: Yes, fine. We're at nine. <laughs> Okay. Okay.
4: Last one. At school and university, I could be sure that most of my teachers were the same color or race as me.
2: I can't answer this question because, frankly, I don't remember a lot of what I did at school and university, to be brutally honest with you. So I got to tap out on this one.
0: Uh, no, I went to the University of Wisconsin. Uh, You could. Yeah, you mean, went to the University was, of Affirmative Action, basically. You, you could have. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there was. Uh, the,
2: the, so we we scored a nine. Cornucopia of possible choices there, yeah. Yeah, so we scored a nine. That's so good. So we don't have white privilege.
4: No, you do not have to sit for the rest of the show and consider your white privilege then. So congratulations, guys. I know you're disappointed,
2: Todd. Like, I, I know, I know, know you. I know you wanted to get a twenty-six. <laughs> I know yeah, that a you little, did, but
0: I played it down the middle.
4: I did. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good to see you, Princess. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, when we get to part two here of buy seller buy seller hold, that's tomorrow. Part two of fake news or not, brought to you by our friends over at Omega XL. You've got three hundred and sixty places in your body, from your neck down to your feet, called joints that are incredibly important for activity and flexibility but as we get older they can also become main hubs for inflammation and that's why you're looking for an all-natural inflammatory like the ones made by our friends over at omega xl i've been taking it every day for the last three years so i can personally attest to its effectiveness this is great stuff i take it with me everywhere i want to go if you want to try it you can buy one get one free right now buy one bottle get a second one for free When you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve, again, OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. All right, a couple more things I want to highlight here uh, for fake news or not. Uh, A couple things that I've tweeted out recently. Number one, I want to get you guys' reaction to this. My current odds of these 2024 scenarios based on little birdies and reading the tea leaves. Number one, both Trump and DeSantis run in 2024, 50%. Number two, only Trump runs in 2024 and DeSantis does not, 20%. Number three, only DeSantis runs in 2024 and Trump does not, 30%. So to translate this, I think that the odds are in favor of both of them running. And I think it is a little bit more likely... If only one of them does, that it's DeSantis that does it, and and not Trump, then the other way around. Do you guys believe those estimates are fake news or not,
1: Aaron? I'm merely going with my gut here. I don't have any inside information. I would actually put DeSantis alone and not Trump at probably 50%. I would put Trump alone at like 10%, and then I would put um, Trump and DeSantis um, together at. Also 10%. Translation, I think uh, I think there's a higher likelihood that Trump and DeSantis, or that DeSantis runs no matter what, than I do that Trump even runs at all.
2: Hmm. I'm with Aaron. Todd, so you guys think I've, even though I, I am more heavily favoring DeSantis running no matter what than I have been previously, you guys actually still think I'm not favoring it enough, is what you're telling me. You guys actually favor it even more than I do.
0: Yeah, yes. Okay. Yep.
2: All right. The other thing I wanted to point out, there's a big article over in Politico earlier this week about pollsters concerned. They're getting it wrong again this election. Okay. All right. The most accurate, this is according to my data that I have kept for years, but I'm only going back to the 2016 cycle. Okay. Because things were just biased before they had, they became systemically broken with 2016. And when things are systemically biased, then you can look at the the when when five thirty eight used to give your you know a grade they were basically grading their bias okay when things are just biased then I know okay you know this poll tilts a little bit one way that tilt you know and factor that into how to analyze it you can kind of reset it based on its in it's it's demonstrated bias right yeah I can't reset things when you're just broken like i when when you're just when, when, when this, you know, like CNN is off in the 2020, 2020 presidential election by nine points, I can't reset that. that that's just broken, at, you know, at that point. So I have to just write you off. Right now, going back to the 2016 cycle, the most accurate pollsters in America, these four, in terms of national pollsters, these four are way better than everybody else. They're like in their own tier. And frankly, I wouldn't even consider anybody else. I wouldn't even look at their polls. In alphabetical order, Emerson College, Investors Business Daily, Rasmussen, and Trafalgar. Those are the four most accurate, and even really the only remotely accurate, national polls going back to 2016. Fake news or not?
0: Well, this is true news. I, I think the real question is about, is are, are we watching the end of polling's relationship to modern 20th, 21st century politics as we've known it? Because if, you, if the, how many?
2: Meaning that the polling itself is driven by the narrative of the yeah. outlet propagating it? And yes, you're, you, you're witnessing the end of that. And the end of it you've already witnessed, I should say, yes.
0: Volume-wise, I mean, I, what percentage of pollsters does these four make up that are have the level of gravitas that they, you know, I don't know how many are like minor league pollsters versus major league, regardless of they suck or not. I mean, some of them are bad, but they've been around a long time. Mm-hmm. What percent? I mean, we, we're talking what?
2: I want to say off the top 20% of my head, tops? I want to say there were somewhere between 12 or 16 polls that were included in the real clear politics. I could look it up on my because I have it on my computer, but off the top of my head, I think it's around a dozen or so were the amount of polls that were included in the the real clear politics polling average in the 2020 cycle. So let's say it's 12. I chose four. That would be what? 30%. Right. Yeah. Right. So that gives you an idea of, yeah, your number of who you're You could actually trust here is, is pretty small.
0: Let me ask you the question. I really want to ask you because you know, the internals, how they do this, at what point does this go from simply being biased and or bad
2: to being flat-out criminal and charges could be brought oh, up? Oh, we're past that point. That's what I thought. Yeah, we're, we are, we're, and I think that's what the political article was. I think a bunch of pollsters are like, you know, doing what my platform demands of me to do to propagate their... I mean, we've got pollsters that are out there still doing registered voter polls post, lab, like a month post-Labor Day. That 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 violates every polling norm of any cycle that you. We're that, dealing with election po- tampering. That, that, yeah, yeah that, that's exactly yes. That post Labor Day and and, fr- and frankly pre Trump, we were actually making some of those switches even a little bit before Labor Day. What? But it used to be post Labor Day you never saw registered voter polls anymore. <laughs>
1: You still see them now. And we're almost to October. Very, very quickly. So yeah. those four that you mentioned, and I remember, maybe it was, maybe I'm getting confused with Zogibia, but I remember, I think, panning Rasmussen back in 2016. Yeah. There's no way that Trump has Because this, they had a complete outlier they, of everybody
2: else, but they, their but numbers, they, they, they nailed it. But yeah. there's
1: one of those four that's not like the others. So Investors Business Daily, you understand... There's business is business. We got to know yep. the actual data. Yep. Trafalgar and Rasmussen understood that there was a hidden Trump vote. Yep. But Emerson College in Boston, what explains how they've been so on, maybe, on the Maybe uh,
2: you know, maybe some people there are still trying to do honest academic work. Man, that's the only
1: thing that I. Now, that's think the,
2: of. yeah. That's still I don't know now, much that's about why it that. what sticks out because that's is that not like a comment? Hillsdale of Massachusetts? Maybe. I don't even know. I don't know, I don't know but. I, I, you know, I don't know what their motivations are, but you're right. Academically, Monmouth, I'll tell you when I was on the cruise campaign in 2016, I think I've said this on the show before. I mean, Monmouth was one of the only public polls that we actually took seriously and compared to our own proprietary data. All right. I mean, Monmouth polling is (laughs) toast, man. I wouldn't listen to any of that. Toast. So we've gone from bias to just brokenness is what we've done. All right. Pop Culture Tuesday, a new series on Netflix, should more accurately be titled Beelzebub Tries to Cast Out Beelzebub. I will explain next. Unfortunately, there are not too many places to go these days and avoid doing business with those who hate you and are trying to undo your way of life, which is why when such an alternative and option presents itself, make sure you take full advantage. Make the switch now to our friends over at Patriot Mobile. We all pretty much have to use a mobile phone these days, and now you can make sure that you don't have to give your money directly to people who hate you any longer because with Patriot Mobile, you get the same coverage that you get from all the big globalist uh, conglomerate to mobile phone providers because they're all using the same towers these days. Uh, and though you'll get excellent customer service and though you'll sleep better knowing that you are supporting an actual American mobile phone company. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you go to make the switch. They'll give you even bigger savings as a way of saying thank you for your service. For the rest of us, they'll serve you uh, with a free activation if you use the offer code Steve when you go to make the switch at patriotmobile.com steve. Again, that's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. couple of quick things before we get to Pop Culture Tuesday. Number one, back to the conversation we were just having about uh, the accurate pollsters that are left. And you asked me out of how many. I went back and looked during the break. In In the 2020 cycle, 17 polls made up the real clear politics polling average. 17. Out of those 17 only four were worth a damn in that cycle and going back to 2016, four out of 17. So your forecast of what, about 20, 25% turned, mm-hmm. out, turned out to be correct. The other thing, several of you have emailed this to me and I liked it so much that I went ahead and tweeted it. What are the odds that we would have a baby formula shortage the same year that they have a jab? It doesn't stay in your arm and spreads its mRNA poison to your children through lactation. What are the odds of that, do you think? What's that you say about Wuhan luck, Steve? We'd have no luck at all, brother. If we didn't have Wuhan for luck, we'd have no luck at all. Indeed. Okay. Spoiler alert. There is no way to have this conversation without spoiling the show for you. So if you have not watched the show yet or you are in the middle of it and haven't finished it, All right, you have been warned. We're going to talk devil in Ohio in full spoilerific detail because I I cannot do this show justice without doing so. All right, so you have been warned. Three, two, one, okay. You guys know um, I love seeing how the culture portrays these kinds of spiritual clashes, okay? So Devil in Ohio stars the gal who was Bones on TV for many years. It's one of the Deschanelles. I can't remember. There's Emily and Zoe, right? And I can't remember which one is which, right? The two sisters, okay? Oh, I didn't realize there was sisters. Yeah, I think they're, they're sisters, aren't they? Desha- the Deschanelles. The one that's the Don't love know. the love interest in, in Elf? She's the only one I was familiar with. Okay, and yeah. then I think, okay, and then her other one, the sister was the one that was on Bones. I think it's oh. her sister, I think. Okay. So whichever one played Bones for many years, she stars in this Netflix limited series. And the, she is a psychiatrist who has a troubled past. She grew up in an abusive home. Her father died. The stepdad was the, kind of the town sheriff and was physically and emotionally abusive to her and her mom. And so she's kind of turned that into her own calling as a psychiatrist. All right and she is um brought into the realm of a of an of a abandoned high school girl and whose parents and stuff want nothing to do with her she ran away from home they're not trying to get her back or at least at first you don't think they are and on her back they have branded her with a giant pentagram it's the the and the pentagram is the size of her entire back on this young girl okay and so she doesn't, know what any, she doesn't know what any of that stuff means. Doesn't know about it. Apparently, there's a lot of rumors about the neighboring county, Amon County, and there's a lot of rumors about it. You know, Amon, like Amon, you know, one of the pagan kingdoms in the Bible. There's a lot of these parallels in this show, by the way. Um, and so they just take Amon and refer to it as Amon, but it's the same spelling and everything in the show. Uh, it's kind of an inbred county. They keep to themselves. Nobody really knows what's going on. They have, you know, they do their own thing. No one pays attention to them. So, but so, but there's been a lot of folklore and everything about this county. She doesn't know anything about it though, apparently, even though she grew up in her entire life, like one County over, she didn't know about any of it. Okay. And the first time it dawns on her, that maybe something that isn't strictly psychiatric is happening. Is when she agrees to bring this troubled. They can't find a guardian for this girl. All the, uh, all of the homes, the homes that and foster homes are full except for one. And then they take her to that one, but they've already got like seven kids and it's too crowded for. Her. So she agrees to take this girl into her own home against her family's. They don't want any part of it, but she does it because she's projecting. She sees a lot of her own childhood in this girl. Totally irreligious family. She asks if we can say grace and the family feels kind of awkward and they're thinking, well, you know, sheltered kid, probably homeschooled Christian kid, you know, so sure. We'll humor you. And, and she breaks in at their dinner table to a prayer to Lucifer for thy bountiful gifts. And the looks on their faces, like they, they, like they have, like they know this is wrong, but they can't quantify why. Right. And so, this show begins the first few episodes thinking, all right, this is a decent hook. I'm I'm I can see where this is going. I mean, I can see, you know, it, it the, the show openly talks about that these are Satanists, openly talks about the, the family um that started this colony in Amon County, uh, openly sold their souls to Satan for their crops. And they practice satanic rituals. That's not fake. It's completely real. And so you begin to think that, oh, you know, maybe this show is going to be a warning. Right? You would think wrong. Because after we get through these initial enticements to watch, I guess, it becomes very obvious that, that this show really should have been titled beelzebub attempts to cast out beelzebub because here are here are the subplots that are also going on the middle child has one reliable friend all-knowing all-wise guess what he is who's always the all-knowing and all-wise character on every show now gay yeah he's gay yeah all-knowing all-wise has all the answers gay gay like mascara gay as it gets okay gay gay all right so he's gay all right the older sister who's the uber achiever she's got a scholarship to ohio state she's dating the high school quarterback boyfriend and has got it going on she realizes that she's really not getting what she wants in life and that what she really wants more than anything else is a lesbian relationship with her black best friend. So we cross a couple of intersectionality boxes off with that one. Okay. So that's a... And and and, it, and it's in that lesbian relationship with her best friend that now she realizes what, you know, she really wants most out of life. I'm not making any of this up. Okay.
0: This sounds like they had two scripts and they just decided to put them yeah. together.
2: Yeah. It It sounds like a lot of things, actually. The father... Is um, a complete pansy Uh, he was a very successful contractor took a big risk to start his own home redevelopment company his first attempt to do so is a failure he's leveraged he's he lies about how much debt he's in Um, he's detached from his family later in the final episode of the show when his wife goes to rescue this girl May is her name Uh, of course May like May Queen OK, and what and what they want to do to her is wicker man her right out of, you know, satanic druidic traditions. And she's even wearing the May queen wreath at the end. OK. All right. Um, when the when the mom goes into the cult colony on her own to rescue the girl, when he finds out about it, he doesn't follow her. Doesn't go in there and try to save his wife. He takes the daughter, the other three daughters and takes them to the apartment complex that he's now managing. He's managing an apartment complex after his business and stuff fell apart. And and, and the girl's are like, is mom safe? Is she, she going to be okay? And he's like, I don't know. I'm not making... I'm not... I promise you, I'm making none of this up. This is actually the show. All right? The only time the church is... Now, oh, the cop hero, the hero cop. He is estranged from his fiance and in a custody battle with her over their dog. He's in a, he's in a custody battle with his former live-in fiance over their dog. And he's the hero cop. So the hero cop is in a custody battle over the dog that they shared. Um, The one time they go to the church is they go there looking for a witness and they, and they find a guy who le- escaped from this colony and, and said, you know what? I got to repay the grace that God showed me to get me out of there. And he joins the priesthood, right? And so do you think they might have some questions for him about what, how do we beat these guys? What do we need to do? Yeah. Do you think they, do you think they ask any of those questions? No, they, they just want him to be witness to an arson and a fire. They, 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 they have... this show is so many spirit of the age tropes at the end of the show the mom ends up staying in their home with May the cult has left the county they flee to another place but we don't know where they went the mom is now living with May in the home while the dad and the other three daughters live in the apartment complex he manages and it fast forwards at the end of like Thanksgiving, they've been estranged and apart for a few weeks and the mom won't let May go. So they're still living in the family home, her and May are, while, uh, you know, she projects her own angst of her own childhood 30 years later and, sac- and, and forsakes her entire family on behalf of this one girl. And the dad is managing an apartment complex with his other three daughters the oldest of which has realized her purpose in life is the relate is the lesbian relationship with her best friend. And that ladies and gentlemen is a top 10 trending show on Netflix this week called devil in Ohio. Um, it should have been called when Beelzebub attempts to cast out Beelzebub. It could have been called hell is empty for all the devils are here. It could have been called how many spirit of the age tropes can you possibly and bromides, can you include into one script? Apparently, all of them. Todd, I, your thoughts?
0: I have yakety sacks going on in my head. <laughs> but I know having watching it, that's probably not the soundtrack. So I, I guess my question is, how self-aware are the writers of this? Are, are you supposed... You're not Steve Dace. Yeah. You're your average secular view. Are you supposed to think these people are absurd, do you think? I mean, I could the, see this would be a transversive way of saying, like, yes. you're, here's the devil. Look at what you people are doing in yes. response to it. You're fools. But that, it yes, doesn't yes. seem like you're getting that no. that's what they wanted you no, to I, think. No, I
2: teased at the top of the show, my hope is there's some dissonant group of Latin mass exorcists in Rome who are producing subversive content that they are getting Netflix to run. And this is, this is self-parody. Because if it's not that, and it's not that, that, then what this really is is at best it's either subversive content like hell is producing its own content now where it's using its own It's using our own material. You have doubts that hell is producing its own content? But this level of content, it's now using its own, this is, I mean, beyond subversive, next level subversiveness. It's using our content to promote its tropes. You know what I'm saying? It brings you in thinking that, yeah, they're going to really square and face off against real evil. And it's really just to promote the rainbow jihad and passive aggressive uh, male sperm donors and female empowerment. Right? Or it's. These people are just so confused and far gone that they really don't see that their own belief system and values are tied and tethered to the evil they created within their own content. You see what I'm saying?
0: Well, yeah, that's like every movie, whether it's Avengers movie or a horror movie. Now we got to gay this thing up. It seems like just by default. Correct. And so that's why my whole two scripts thing. It seems like we have like Blair Witch Society and that new gay rom-com, and they were two totally different things, and they had to be mashed together on deadline or something like that.
1: Aaron, your thoughts? Yikes. that's, That's my thoughts. It's incredible. It really is. When you think about, just in my own mind, the modern cinematography, I don't know if you want to call it cinematography, but storytelling on the big screen of Avengers Endgame. Man, with few exceptions, it's like, you know, uh, especially after after the the shutdowns and things like that, the lockdowns, it's like a uh, freaking rock dropped in terms of pop culture. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy how far downhill things have gone. And there's still bright spots, like I said. You know, uh, Mysterious Benedict Society, which is dropping, I think, next month, just in October, the second season. Mm-hmm. That's one bright spot. But those things are few and far between. It just seems like nihilism is everywhere. And it's that's been the case for, uh, for a while in media, uh, for a while in television and film. But there's always been those tent poles where you knew, hey, we're going to get a good story here, at least. You're, you're going to have something that's... You know aspirational now it's just just circling the drain everything is the walking dead now
2: we are a long way from max von Seidau walking in like clint eastwood by himself in the exorcist with just his bag of officially anointed and um uh, cleansed tools to confront the devil you know what i'm saying we're a long way from that man I mean we are the fir- and 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 I and the first time I saw this trend was with paranormal activity. That was the first time I saw that they were now going to produce in mainstream Hollywood film and and horror material that acknowledges the unseen realm. And and I mean this thing gets fully into satanism and and exposing it And I mean, it doesn't, this, what it says about it is all true, but then the church is just like non-existent, non-existent. When we made nefarious, we wanted to tackle that angle. And in my opinion, one of the most clever things we do in the movie is how we do that. And that's all I'm going to say. That's one of the most clever things we do in the film. Why is a psychiatrist going to talk to Nefarious? Where's the church at? We will answer that question for you in the movie. And that's all I'll say about it for now. Back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
4: On the Blaze Radio Network.